0: My fellow monkeys and apes, you're listening to the Armed Ape podcast. This is your host, Uncle Silverback, also known as Tony. But Tony doesn't sound too cool. I think I like the the sound of Uncle Silverback a little bit better. Anyway, as you guys have uh, noticed, it's been a while since I've done a show, and I'd like to thank you guys for sticking around. Those of you that did, um, I, we were we had gone to California on vacation. And then we got back uh, from there, and then my daughter was off on spring break, so didn't really have too much time uh, to do a whole lot or be able to get some time to finally sit down and, and uh, record a show. By the way, today is, what is today, Sunday the 10th of October, and it's 2010. Uh, we did get a, a couple of voicemails that I'm going to go ahead and play, and I'll do that a little bit later in the show. Uh, Before we get too far in, let's go ahead and do the contact info. If you want to call in, like both Eric and Ken did, who we got our uh, voicemails from today, you can feel free to do so at area code 206-339-3266. Again, that's uh, area code 206-339-3266. And you can leave a message there. Uh, also, like I've said in the past, if you want to do a review, feel free to do that. There is on each call a, t- a five-minute time limit. I have yet to have anybody go over the five limit five. Excuse me, five-minute time limit. Uh, so feel free to do that. Like I said, if you wanted to do a review on something uh, or just had a question about something, go ahead and do that, and I can put that out on the show. And if I don't know the answers, uh, I'm sure we've got one of our listeners can do it, and they can either. Uh, Again, call in or they can do an email. So if you want to send me an email, the easiest way to do that is to go to thearmedape at gmail.com. Uh, again, that's all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com, and you can send me that. Uh, also, if you've done a uh, review, either written or you've recorded one that you want to use for the show, and it can again, it can be on anything. It doesn't have to uh, be on something that I've talked about. Um, you can go ahead and email me that stuff and i'll go ahead and put that on the show for you all right let's see what else oh we do have the uh, i i do have the facebook page also if you want to follow me on twitter you can do that on twitter it's armed ape all just uh, not the armed ape but just armed ape uh, and you can follow me there if you want i haven't been doing too much with twitter lately um i know there's a way where i can set stuff up to where if I post something on uh the Armed Ape fan page or something, or just on my regular Facebook page, which is just if you look under Tony Brown, you can find me there um and if you want you know go ahead and give send me a, a friend request with that i again, I don't do too much with it. What I hope to do is like I've started to do on the fan pages put some pictures up and do some things um i had put some pictures up of those pants that i had recently got those insulated uh swedish military surplus pants anyways if you want to contact me that's how you do it let's go ahead and we'll play a voicemail from ken and then we'll follow up with the one from eric and as you guys know uh ken had gone into the military he'd listened into the army and he just got through with basic and now i think he's been put in charge of the entire army which is going to be good and then we also got a uh voicemail or yeah voicemail from eric Uh, eric's my buddy over at the handgun podcast if you're not listening to his show uh, give him a listen Uh, he does a real good show and unlike myself puts a show out pretty much every week all right, so let's go ahead and, and uh, jump right in and we'll play our voicemails. Hey, Tony and my fellow monkeys. This is Ken from Colorado. wanted to give a quick shout-out to you guys. I'm graduating from basic training tomorrow and uh, got my phone back, so I was able to do some communications. Anyway, I wanted to give a quick call, let you know things went well, and I'll be having some podcasts to catch up on. Uh, everybody take care, and I will... Hopefully uh, catch up soon. All right. And once again, that's from our buddy Ken. Uh, Ken had done some really good reviews for the show, and I think those were episodes, let me double check here, um, 2021 20, and 22 are the reviews and things that Ken did. And if you haven't heard those, um, they're well worth going back and giving those a listen to. Um what I'm curious of, and I, I know Ken's probably not going to have a whole lot of time, but maybe when he gets some time in the future, I'd love to hear from from you on kind of what your expectations were, or how you thought basic training was going to be, and how it was total, and how it was different, um, or were kind of what you were thinking was going to happen, happen, uh, and I believe um, your wife, I think, had been in the military prior as well, so... Uh, I don't I'd, I'd be curious to know if what she said her experience was going to be was sort of the same that you had so anyway thanks for calling in Ken we appreciate your service and uh, also appreciate your um, your participation in the show again this is a big thing that I wanted the show to be and, and to kind of uh, evolve into was something where we have a lot of listener participation so again uh, if you guys just want to call in and say hi um want to call in if you've got suggestions uh, for stuff that we could talk about or reviews. And uh, again, I'm not going to have all the products and stuff that are out there, but amongst our community, I'm sure there is. So if you, if you for instance, wanted to say, oh, can somebody review a, uh, I don't know, maybe something like even a four-wheeler, like a Polaris Quad or something like that. Uh, you know, I don't have one, but I'm sure there's somebody out there that does that could go ahead and do a review for us. All right, let's go ahead and hear our next voicemail. And this is from my buddy Eric over at the Handgun Podcast.
1: Hey, Tony, this is Eric. Uh quick message for you on the Armed 8 Podcast. I'm listening to the episode where you talked about, uh, not hatchets, I'm sorry, tomahawks at the beginning. And as you know, I've, I've got a little bit of a reputation for being a gun snob. The problem is that happens with just about anything, is I always want what I perceive to be the best or the coolest. Uh, Really what it is is I have this unfortunate thing where I'm Madison Avenue's dream come true. If you market something effectively, I want it. And so for me, Tomahawks have, have been kind of cost prohibitive because I've looked at, you know, I think it's RMJ Forge or RMJ Tactical, uh, there's the Battle Hawk made by G and g which, quite frankly, I don't like as much as the RMJ unit. But they're a couple hundred bucks a piece. And, you know, for some reason, I can justify a larger price on a flashlight or on a pocket knife. But on a Tomahawk that I'm not going to use all the time, i have a real hard time justifying that kind of money. So one of the things that I've found, because I've, I've been tempted and tempted because they are cool. One of the things that I found works for me is instead I use Kukri's, and you can get them from, like, Goddard House or Kukri House, any number of websites if you do some searching. Quite honestly, I think they're all coming from the same place. But uh, basically a really big forward curved knife, usually about a quarter of an inch thick, they work really, really well um, for any chopping, hacking, stuff like that. If you're tapping into a larger piece of wood, what I like about it is it also works as a pry bar once you're in there. I feel it helps split the wood on a camping trip even better. Um, maybe you don't have a camp shovel, you know, maybe you need to dig a hole, you can do that. And I found that for my practical applications, a kukri is far, far cheaper, you know, anywhere from 20 to 50 bucks, depending on what size you get. And uh, and really really utilitarian. I dig them a lot. Uh, they're heavy. That's the one negative I would say. If you're trying to pack light, do you know light gear, a kukri isn't the way to go because you know a quarter inch thick piece of steel, uh, typically made from truck springs, so they're really resilient. But uh, but they're heavy. So anyway, uh, just throwing that in as some thoughts as a, a viable alternative. And I'm looking forward to checking out the uh, Tomahawk that you specifically mentioned on your show. I'll I'll be giving them a look. So, thanks. Talk to you later.
0: Hey, Eric. Thanks for sending that in. Would love to hear from you guys. Uh, Like I said, I'd love to hear from you guys. So, anything, uh, either if it's just a little thing like Ken did, saying kind of how he's doing, or if it's a thing like Eric did, which he's kind of giving some recommendations. I'd love to hear from you guys. Again, that's what we want this show to be about, is have uh, some good audience participation. Now a couple of things with what Eric said. And one of those, uh the Tomahawks that he had mentioned uh was RMJ Tactical. And while those are really cool looking, they're are, they're just hideously expensive uh from, from my point of view. Um those are I looked, I went on their website and all the companies that I'm gonna mention, I'll go ahead and do a link to in the show notes so that you guys can go in and check out those sites. But it's RMJ Tactical. Their tomahawks went from uh, about three seventy-five to four seventy-five, and then you probably would need to throw in shipping on top of that. Uh, so realistically, you could end up paying five hundred dollars for a tomahawk. Um, for me, ugh, boy, I, I would never do that. You know, maybe if I won the lottery or something like that, and and where money wasn't an object, or if somebody was going to give me one as a gift, of course I would take it. But uh, five hundred bucks is just way too much to spend on a tomahawk then if you go down and you look at that g g and g um i think theirs was around two sixty uh, and then again plus shipping so uh you're you're looking at getting close to three hundred dollars and again for me uh that's coming out a little bit too much i mean if i was gonna pay that much i would actually probably be um, having a custom one made uh, from a uh, uh, from a blacksmith, a guy who specializes in that, because if I was going to pay that money, I could get that guy to make me pretty much whatever I wanted. Um, so, but if we're looking at those tomahawks, and you know, before I jump into that, let's talk a little bit about what he had mentioned at the end, which was the kukris. Now, some people will uh, pronounce it uh, kirky there's, there's different things. I've always kind of called them kukris. Uh, they're kind of a combination of a, you would see it almost more as like a, a machete, uh, ax type thing. And what he's talking about is it, it does have like a kind of a, a, a swelled belly. So it, it almost is sort of a, uh, if you were looking at one and holding one up in front of you, uh, it kind of, think of it, it kind of curves in after the handle. That sort of curves in to the left, and then it curves out again and comes down to a point. And that part where it curves out again, curves out to the right, is kind of going to be the belly. And that's what a lot of people will use for oh chopping tasks, things like that. Uh, I think they shine more probably in a, um, maybe in a jungle setting, but... I tell you what, maybe next week what I'll do is a, um, I'll do a show on the cookeries and where you can go. Um, and I'll also put a link um, to the Kukri house. And uh, you guys can at least, if you want, can kind of go on and see kind of what we're talking about. Um, you can also find them on eBay. Uh, but, but again, let's go ahead and uh, let's get back to the tomahawks. And actually, before we do that... Let's go ahead and let me drop in a uh, a little musical break here and then when we come back we'll go ahead and talk a little bit more about some of the tomahawks.
2: Funk hoch chair! of Chief, it has been a long time. Too long. Welcome aboard. Just what the station needs. Another Klingon. Don't call it a comeback! We've been here for years, conquering worlds filling suckers with fear. Cruising along to my Klingon bird of prey waiting for Judgment Day Don't. Stop when I drop these lyrics that'll make you shout Ha-ha! The nightmares here, the battle is soon, so go and prepare. The way of the raiders always to slice and dice Federation's paying the price. I'm gonna knock you out <laughs> We'll <laughs> be
0: of those tomahawks let's talk a little bit about um some of the differences between what i have and what i got and something like those rmjs uh the the uh, rmj tactical and the gg and gs type things also there's another company called american tomahawk which uh when i went on cold steel's website they said that American Tomahawk was a, maybe a subsidiary company of them. So that may be like a separate division where they do things a little differently. They may use different steels, things like that. Um, but speaking of cold steel, most of you guys are going to be aware that they make knives and axes and hatchets and all the kind of stuff and swords. and uh, They have a lot to do with blade stuff. So, And a lot of their stuff is pretty affordable. Um, I've got a couple of things from Cold Steel uh, and uh, we can talk a little bit more about that maybe on a a different show. Um, If you look at, well, let's just talk about price of some of the Cold Steel stuff. Cold Steel has several tomahawks. I had originally kind of looked at those and thought, well, um, I thought I could probably get something a little better uh, for a little bit more money. Uh, Most of the Cold Steel stuff... And this is again looking at the tomahawks are gonna price eh, probably between thirty six dollars up to sixty sixty five, and then you add in whatever your shipping is gonna be. Um, so, and they're they're probably decent hawks. They're not gonna be the best. The handles are just gonna be uh, probably something that's uh, even though they're wood, just it's, it's done on a machined lathe type thing, you know, where it's maybe automated. Um, the way that they do their, their forging is, uh, from what I understand, is a drop forging where they basically heat up the metal and they have big, um, big giant machines that come down and like stamp them, like dies. I, I think that's what they're talking about. If I'm wrong, somebody um, call in and let me know. Uh, and they would probably be decent when they have. So if you go to their website, you can see the stuff that they have. Uh, but like I said, for me. If I was going to spend, you know, maybe 60 bucks or so, I thought, well, I wouldn't mind spending a little bit more uh, than that and get something that's going to be unique and something that's not, not everybody else is going to have. And, um, so the, so let's, I know I'm kind of bopping around here a little bit. If we look at the American Tomahawk company, which again, so is a supposedly a subsidiary or a another branch or division of cold steel then you kind of see a big jump in the price and you're going up from oh I think the cheapest one on their site was about a hundred and thirty dollars up to uh, about three hundred and ten and then of course you'd have uh, you'd have um, shipping and stuff added on top of that and they look decent but again um, for that entry price, for that $120, $130 or so, excuse me. When you're starting to get up into that range, you can find somebody who is a blacksmith or a bladesmith, and they can they can probably make you something custom for that price or maybe a little bit more. Maybe for another $20, $30, you can have something that's totally custom. And again, it's going to depend on the blacksmith that you would go to the guy that I got mine from, and like I'd mentioned on, on the last show is, uh, his name is Steven light uh, I think it's Liley, is how he pronounces it. And, uh, it's Cole C O A L. So Cole Creek Forge. And if you go on a place like Blade Forums, if you go on, um, onto YouTube and type that in, if you go onto eBay and type that in, you get a, an example of what his stuff is. So, uh, I'm, I liked to. I watched his videos and kind of liked what he was doing. And a guy like that, he isn't going to be making those things forever. Now he may make you know hundreds of them, but he's not gonna he's not gonna be able to make you know thousands and thousands and thousands of them like something like any one of these other companies that we've talked about because they basically mass produce them. And again, from my understanding of some of the stuff much like the way that Cold Steel does their things, where they're kind of basically just stamped out, I think that... Um, now, now, here's uh, RMJ and GG&G probably use that same type of process. If you look at the RMJs and the uh, GG&Gs, those, and also, it, I think it's the same with the um, American Tomahawk, they're pretty much the, the blade, so the, the front of the Tomahawk, tomahawk excuse me and either if it's got a spike or if it's got you know a pole so basically a hammer all that stuff is going to be in the handle all that stuff is just going to be one big stamping Um, if you look at some of the things from cold steel a lot there's a couple i think that are one stamp but a lot of them you have a handle and a head and they can come off Um, one of the things and i think it was on um, rmj's website they were saying that one of their pluses was that the head and the handle are never going to separate. But again, that's one of the pluses of having a tomahawk with a separate head is you can take that, that the head off of your handle. Um, You can, and what that allows you to do is once you take the head off, it allows you to work with the blade, with the, with your tomahawk head more like a knife. Um, so you can you have a little bit more control so you can do a little bit more fine work with them depending on the profile of the blade um, you can use them for uh, a little bit of skinning uh, things like that you could use it kind of like one of the the skinning knives Um, if you look at some of the stuff that um, some of the um, Inuit tribes up in Alaska and stuff used to use they had it was a real curved almost like a cleaver looking thing that they would use to skin stuff out and on some tomahawks that blade kind of has that shape um, if you and if, if we're looking at something that you want to have be a, a, a multi-purpose thing so you maybe want it to be the, the, the model that I have has the pole so it has a hammer kind of a small hammer face on the back and on the front it has the actual blade So I can use it as a knife. I can use it for cutting. I can use it for whittling. I can use the um, the back part if I needed to hammer and stuff. If I'm making a shelter, Um, you know. And I debated long and hard, like I said before, about whether to get the spike one with the spike on it, or one with the hammer. And you know, now that I haven't, now that I've bought this, I really like I like the look of the hammer. But I've also would like to have um, one with a spike on it. And the guy that, that made mine, he has several different models and stuff. And I'm sure I haven't contacted him, but I'm sure that if I contacted him and said, Hey, can you make me one with a larger blade or a larger spike? Uh, he would, I'm sure he would be happy to make it to my specifications. As long as he would say, well, you know, what you want isn't going to make it practical or, or it's, it, it forces the metal. It makes it too thin. If I do it too, you know, to a certain size or something like that. So, barring those type of limitations, that's another thing that's good about if you buy it from a a uh, uh, an individual. So you're buying it from that individual blacksmith. You can kind of you know get a customer um, merchant type relationship with the guy. And if is, is, if you're going to be a future customer, if you really like their work, they're going to be more than happy to you know put you on a list. Um, some of them when you look at it say that they won't do custom work for you uh but i i guarantee you if you're um if you've bought three or four things from them most of those guys are going to do it they may say oh it may take a while but they're they're going to be willing to do that especially if if you're a return customer for them um uh kind of another thing as far as you know when we talk about looking at different products and doing different things we always try and ask several questions of and one of them is what is this thing designed to do and how well does it do it and when we look at the GG&G and the American Tomahawks and the RMJ Tactical those type of tomahawks are going to be designed for a different purpose than something that I have from Coal Creek Forge than something that you could get from, oh, what was that other link? Crazy Crow, I think, uh, or some of the more traditional tomahawks. Um, the The purpose of it, what it looks like for, and kind of hes- I hesitate to call them tactical tomahawks, but that's what they kind of call them. But the purpose of those is is much more of a fighting hawk. It's not so so much. Something that you could use uh, when you're going out in the woods as a survival tool. Um, it's not that you couldn't use those but those uh, for that purpose, but that's not what they were designed for. Most of them are designed to be um, a close quarter combat type weapon or to be some type of a breacher. So the way that they have the spike, the way that they have the blade, um, the front of the blade sharpened on, and the shape of the blades and everything uh, are going to be a lot different um especially the ones that are one piece you probably could do a lot more prying and things like that so again using those things as kind of maybe an entry tool or an escape tool if you needed to bust out a windshield uh or try and maybe hack your way through something Um, you know if if we're looking at a lot i know a lot of guys in the service carry them uh, or i guess i should say i've seen a lot of pictures i don't know if a lot of guys that are overseas, if some of the units have them, maybe some of them have them, their, their unit will have them sort of as a, uh, a symbol for their unit. Um, so if there is anybody that was overseas or that is overseas and is listening right now, uh, if you have the time and, and you know of a unit or your unit is one that does use uh, tomahawks where everybody has them, I'd be really curious to know if you ever did use them in theater um and, and the types of uses you found that they were good for. Uh, or if somebody has, you know, again, a brother or a sister or somebody over there who who knows some people that actually used them. Uh supposedly in the 60s, there was a um and Cold Steel makes a version of it, but they call it the Vietnam Tomahawk. Uh and again if you if you just type in Vietnam Tomahawk in Uh, in google you'll get a bunch and do an image search you'll get a bunch of images and see it and that one is again it's much more of kind of a fighting hawk it wouldn't be so much one that you would use uh, for uh, for shelter building for fire prep for things like that although you could use them because after all it is a blade Um, oh one thing that just kind of popped into my head another thing I'm going to actually go out and do some camping this coming weekend. We have some friends that have a cabin uh, out in Prescott and it's kind of a unique thing. They've got a, it's an area where it's real hard to drive in. You sort of drive to a certain spot and then you have to walk in. And what happened was years and years ago up in this area, there was a lot of mining that went on, mining for gold and other precious metals. And there were several claims. There still are some claims up in that area. Um, but what happened was, is over time, a lot of the miners that had had done claims and owned that land either died off or that land didn't get passed down to anybody or the claims petered out. Um, I think for a claim to still be valid, you have to um, show that you're actually going up there and actually mining on the land or you can lose. You don't have to produce, but you have to show that you're actually going out there and doing something. So anyway... What had happened is these people that we know there, uh, I think parents or or and these people are older people. So their parents back in the, I want to say, late 40s, early 50s, acquired some land up there, and there was three families, and they acquired about 20 acres. And since then, the land has actually reverted into one family, and these are the people that we know. And uh, so it's about 20 acres up there. There's a couple of cabins. Um, but what's happened is, over time, a lot of the the lot of the land that was owned privately through mining claims was taken back by the Forest Service. So what's happened is is you've got uh, and there's there's several pockets up there like this. You're basically surrounded by the forest by National Forest, and then you've got certain pockets of private land, and that's how this thing is. So, but part of the problem is it's kind of tough to get up there. There's no electricity. There's no, there is running water. Um, What they do is they have a, uh, up on a hill, they have a, a big water tank, and then they've got a pump that goes down from a creek and pumps it up to this tank, and then it gravity feeds back down to the cabin. Well, it's a real slow trickle, but the problem is, of course, as most of you guys know, is it's not like it was you know, a couple hundred years ago where you could pretty much drink out of the stream and you'd probably be all right. Um, the water that comes into that cabin, while it would be good to use um, maybe in the toilet or maybe to kind of rinse some, some things off or use as wash water, isn't going to be that great. You're not going to really be able to brush your teeth with it. You're not going to be able to, to uh, drink it straight unless you filter it. So this is kind of a long way of saying I'm going, to take, I'm going to take some of my equipment up there and kind of test it out. Uh, I'm going to take the tomahawk up there that I got and I'm going to kind of put it through its paces. Just sort of see what its limitations are. Um, the, the design of this is kind of a traditional design. Uh, the handle is actually kind of a traditional handle design handle from, uh, I think it was probably from the 1800s and we'll see kind of what it does and one of the things that I had thought would be good with this is because it you know it, it is it is kind of a wedge shape it should be pretty decent on splitting out some wood or starting to split out some wood so I'm going to try and use it see how it does as an axe I'll see how it does because I have the hammer end I have that pole end I want to see how it is if I can batoned with it um, and I also am probably going to take the head off and then try and use it kind of as a wedge and see how that thing does. So we'll we'll see how the edge holds up, all that stuff. I actually need to put a little bit better edge on it that's on it right now. Um, when it was shipped, he, he purposely doesn't like hone them up razor sharp uh, just because it's easier to ship them that way they don't want to try and cut out of the package type things. So um, let's see, what else were we going to talk about? Oh, uh, I think we already talked about the kukris and stuff like that. Um, so what I'm going to try and do when I'm up there next weekend, which means when I get back, I think I may, it may be sometime after this weekend during the week that I'll be able to maybe put out a show and let you guys kind of know, but I'm going to also take up my video camera and my camera and I'll make some videos, put those on YouTube and then some of the photos and stuff I'll go ahead and put on our Facebook page. It's time to whip out my
2: pimp cane and beat some knowledge into your heads. So listen up,
0: motherfuckers. This is the time in the show where I like to let you guys know what I've been watching, what I've been listening to as far as podcasts go, uh, books I've been reading, things like that. Uh, Just a good time uh, for me to recommend things that I think are kind of cool. One thing that's going to be really neat this month um, is from some of the movie channels so from things like uh turner classic movies from uh, ifc independent film channel Uh, they're going to have because it's october they're going to have a lot of the cool old horror movies and things like that i'm sure that are going to be coming up Um, so set your guys's your dvrs for some of those a lot of times some of the movies that they show are ones that they really only show on their um and a lot of times you can't find them in DVD, and the reason is because maybe they don't—they haven't negotiated the rights for the DVD. The person that owns that, the rights to those films, um, hasn't yet uh, made a made a deal for the DVDs. But they've made a deal with the networks. Uh, so movies like I was a—I um, think a teenage werewolf—and some of the other things like that, the old classics that you would think, well, surely those things are are uh, are available on DVD. Well, they're not now. I came across that tidbit of information when I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, which is the B-Movie Podcast. Uh, And that has Vince Rotolo as the host, and he's got a co-host, Nick Brown. And I always kind of forget to mention, but Nick is also an author, and he has a a book series called Werewolf for Hire. So you can go over to his site, which I think is B-Movie Man dot com and you can kind of check out that stuff but if you're if you're a fan of the older movies if you're a fan of the b movies horror movies exploitation stuff like that sometimes they talk about books and magazines uh do yourself a favor and go over and listen to b movie cast um other podcasts i listen to you guys know that i also do firearms cafe uh, which is a gun rights podcast uh in that vein there's um uh we belong to a thing called Gun Rights Radio, which is kind of a loose consortium of other podcasters. Uh, and that's one of the... Uh, the Eric who called in, he's got the Handgun Podcast. So I'd suggest if you're not listening to him, go over there and give him a try. Uh, again, that's uh, the Handgun Podcast. So you can, uh, you can find this stuff on iTunes. All the stuff I'm talking about, you can find on iTunes. Um, let's see. There's a new podcast that... This was from a guy named Aaron Root, I believe is his name, and he goes kind of by the moniker Root Rot. Uh, he had done years ago a podcast called Midnight Podcast, and he's now doing a new one. He took kind of a break from it, um, and it was a zombie podcast uh, and a kind of a horror podcast as well. Um, he is now back, and he's doing a thing. He's got a blog called, I think it's The Witch's Hat. Uh, but that's, I know what his podcast is called, that, and I'm pretty sure his blog is called that as well. Uh, what other podcasts have I been listening to that I like? Um, as always, um, I like Scott Sigler's stuff that he does. Um, I've been listening to recently, uh, I don't know if, some of you guys may or may not be fans of Kevin Smith, of his movies. Uh, and I could see how someone could maybe would would not be a fan of some of his movies, but would be a fan of him as a as a speaker. Well, he's got several different podcasts that are out. So one um, I've been listening to is Smodcast, where it's him and one of his buddies uh, just kind of talk about stuff. Uh, but I enjoyed it; it's always funny. Let's see what else. Oh, you know what I forgot to mention was the music. Um, that was from Mevio.com and that song was called uh let me see i think it's called gaurang's gonna knock you out um the trekkers out there will get that reference and actually i guess it would be more of a deep space nine reference or maybe a, a new generation one anyway um let's see as far as books i i just finished reading uh the cell by stephen king eh, you know i, I kind of I like a lot of Stephen King's work, but he tends to he tends to be kind of wordy, and I th- I thought that the story could have been shortened up quite a bit. Um, and it's funny, you know, earlier in the shows, I would try and you know bring a lot of things into like gun culture because uh, as many of you guys obviously know. I'm a gun guy. I like guns. I'm a big Second Amendment believer. Uh, have a lot of libertarian beliefs. A lot of small government type stuff. Um, part of that is we should be able to. Uh, we have a right to own weapons. Um, it's in our constitution. Is something that uh, the forefathers, our founding fathers, basically said that you have a right to defend yourself, and a great way to defend yourself is to use weapons. And so, it's one of those things that. It's a human right and not a government right or even an American right. So it's something that everybody on the planet has. That's what. But anyway, um, one of the things in the, in the cell was as a person who's familiar with firearms, how firearms work, feel familiar with the nomenclature of stuff, a lot of things that he, how he writes, you can tell he didn't take the time to do any research. Um, he just kind of spouted off some of the, oh, kind of common myths and things like that. Uh, so, anyway, but, uh, even if, even if he had gotten everything right in the book as, as far as guns and things go, I still, you know, eh, I guess, you know, it'd be something to read, uh, you know, if you don't got nothing else better to read, but, I really wouldn't recommend it all that highly. Um, again, he kind of—I've—I've I've seen uh, some authors do it. Like I said, he's pretty wordy, but I have—I've seen he does he, a lot of times he'll do things where he sort of repeats the same thing over and over, and it almost begins to feel like it's kind of filler for the book. But uh, other books that I'm going to start reading, there's a guy, and you may have seen him. His name is Chris Ryan. You may have seen him on. Oh, it was either History or Discovery Channel or one of these things. But anyway, there was a show called um, Special Forces Operation Manhunt or something like that. And what it was is he is a, he's an ex-SAS guy, and then he would be a, uh, a single operative. And then he would go and they would have the scenario where they would take another Special Forces type team... And there'd be like you know uh, four to six of those guys, and then he would they would give him ai mean, an, an uh, g if I can talk here, they would give him an objective, and then he would have to try and complete that objective without getting caught. And so it was it was a pretty neat show. I think there was only maybe four or five episodes of it. Uh, but anyway, he's also an author, and he's written several books. And what he does is he most of his characters are going to be ex SAS people. And uh, anyway there's a new book that I'm that I'm reading by him and uh, what's the, let me think of the name let me get the book and I'll get the name of it. The name of the book is called Ultimate Weapon and again that's by Chris Ryan. So uh, a loose summary of the plot is there's a guy who's a retired guy uh, from the SAS, his daughter who's uh, you know probably in her 20s or something like that is starting to hook up with another guy who's in uh, also in the British Special Forces in the SAS. And I think she gets captured or goes missing or something, and then what it does is it forces the two men to work together. Uh, the father has some animosity toward the other guy, uh, partly because he doesn't want his daughter to hook up with a guy in the military type thing. Uh, so anyway, after I read that book, I'll report back to you on, on how that is and what I thought. Um but I've read several other other of his books, and I've always liked him. And he's uh, uh, he's a pretty good writer. You know, let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff that you can see on YouTube. And there's a couple of channels that I really have been listening to or watching, I guess, a lot lately. Um, some of you guys may know who Penn Gillette is. Uh, He has a show called, or had a show, I don't know if they're still doing it, uh, called Bullshit that was on Showtime. And I've watched some of those episodes. Uh, Some of them you can get uh, streaming live through Netflix. And I think there's DVDs of all the different seasons and stuff that they do. But anyway, if you don't know who that guy is, uh, he is part of the Magic Act, Pin and Teller. They have an act that's in Las Vegas. Uh, He's a great big dude by about like 6'9", something like that. And then his partner, Teller, is probably, you know, probably about a foot shorter than him, um, and they're the ones where Pen talks all the time, and the Teller never does. He never speaks. So anyway, um, he Pen has on on YouTube a couple of channels. One of them I think is called uh, Pen Speaks or Penn Talks or something like that, and the one that he's doing currently, I think it's Pen Says. And the one that he's doing currently is Pinpoint. Now, if you've watched his bullshit show, um, both he and Teller are, are hardcore libertarians. They are um, uh, in favor of small government. They're in favor of individual rights, that type of thing, which uh, falls in line with me. They are in no way conservative, so... They have a lot of beliefs that would be, on one hand, or I should say, Penn, has a lot of beliefs on one hand that would be considered to be very, very liberal, very left-wing. On the other hand, some of his views would be probably seen to be far to the right. But the reality is, a lot of that stuff and a lot of things that he talks about, uh, which I find very interesting, uh, are a lot of times are based in kind of that libertarian belief, you know the belief in small government, the belief in the right of the individual, which also comes with the responsibility uh, to that individual. So if you and I, if we have individual rights and we have uh, certain things that we we should that we are capable of doing, then we also need to we also are shouldered with an equal amount of personal responsibility. So if we are free to, to do certain actions, then we also have to accept that responsibility of taking those actions, and if there are consequences for for what we've done, uh, then that's that's on us. It's not somebody else's fault. We don't look to other people to solve our problems. We don't look to blame others for our own actions. So anyway, he does a lot of uh, he's got a lot of videos on there. A lot of them I find really interesting. I don't agree with all the stuff that he says and all the stances that he takes, but I do find him to be quite interesting. Um, he's gone on very conservative shows like, uh, Glenn Beck. Um, he's gone on very, what you would call very liberal shows like, uh, Oberman. Um, so anyway, I find him interesting. You guys should, uh, go ahead and check him out. Let me know what you think. You know, you may think he's a blowhard douchebag. Um, but uh, again, like I said, I, I find that I agree I probably agree with him more than I disagree, uh, but I do disagree with him on on certain things. Let's see. Oh, um, one thing, uh, kind of talking about the YouTube deal, is I've noticed there are There's starting to be way more videos of younger guys and younger girls that are shooting, and I don't mean kids, you know, uh, somebody below the age of you know fifteen or so. What I mean is you have young people, so people in between the age of probably 17 up to, you know, 25, uh, and, and I'm seeing a lot of these videos, a lot of these people are coming out and they're espousing kind of libertarian ideas and belief uh, in in individual responsibility and uh, being responsible for themselves and trying to make themselves uh, self-sufficient and self-reliant. Uh, and so that's just, uh, just kind of as an aside or for an observation, that's something that that, uh, that I think is a good thing. Um, all those young people that we see, you know, a lot of them aren't buying into the, uh, the BS of objects are bad and objects are the cause of problems because we all know objects are neither good nor evil. Objects are objects. It's how people use them. It's how people, uh, perceive them I guess uh, that kind of maybe would give them that view but ultimately we know that an inanimate object is an inanimate object and is neither capable of thought or reason and therefore is not capable of, uh, of action on its own. Uh, so you know a gun is no, is not bad, a stick of dynamite is not bad. Uh, how it's used, can it be used uh, in a bad way by an by a, uh, unscrupulous person? Of course. Uh, so, anyway, um, what else? There was another one of a kid. Uh, he's a young guy, but I I kind of like his videos. They're a little herky jerky sometimes, but I I like him. Um, what's his thing? Uh, Lover of freedom. Let me. You know what? Let me double check real quick. All right, his thing is actually called. His channel is called Lover of Freedom seventy six, spelled capital L U V R. And then of freedom is all in lowercase, and then seven the number seven six, uh, just interesting uh, interesting channel. I like him. He's a young guy, um, and it, like I said, it's just it's good to see that a young guy's out there and is thinking about things. And uh, you know, if I actually sat down and talked with him, would I agree with probably all his philosophies? Probably not. But um, at least he's thinking in the right direction. He's thinking about being prepared. Uh, and, and taking care of himself in the future. Uh, there's another guy that I like that I've been watching lately, um, and his channel is Mr. Lock and Load. Again, agree with a lot of the stuff he says. Not all of it. Uh, you know, what's that old saying? You take the take the meat and throw away the bone. Uh, you don't have to agree with somebody 100% to be able to watch them or listen to them. I'm sure a lot of you guys out there don't agree with me 100%. Uh, my tastes and things are like, yeah, that guy's out of his mind. But that doesn't mean that I'm wrong on everything. doesn't mean that I'm right on everything either. So uh, we're all different. We've all got our own opinions. And uh, let's see, what else? I think that's... Oh, there was one other thing on YouTube. And I I just thought this was a neat, um, a really neat way that these guys did uh, some drills. The name of the channel, and this is kind of a long one, it's The Man From... Gollifry's channel or something like that. Anyway, um, what 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 he has, and I'll, let me spell it out. It's capital T H E, capital M A N, capital F R O M, capital G A L L I F R E Y. So the the first letter in each word is capitalized and it's all one word so if you typed it in uh t-h-e-m-a-n-f-r-o-m-g-a-l-l-i-f-r-e-y and then you can go over and kind of check out some of his videos he did a thing where he was with uh, one of his friends or something and what they had what they were doing is they had a target that was about 20 feet away 21 feet away and so they were doing the tooler drill and he would have a The other person they had on the target, it was uh, the the ground was snowy, but the target was like on a sled type thing, and they had a rope tied to it. And so, what they would do is the one guy would start running and he he would pull the rope, and so that would cause the target to come at you, uh, which I thought was really neat. And then they would draw and fire and do whatever. And they had kind of several different variations of that. But what I thought was really neat about that is because the target was moving at the speed of that, the person would be running kind of in that environment. So I, I just thought it was a really neat idea. Um, but so again, if you want to go and check that out, he's got, you know, a few other videos and some movie junk on there, but again, he's, he's, a, they look like younger guys that are out there practicing with their firearms. Uh, you know, at least they've, they've been inoculated against the fact that, you know, objects aren't bad. So a firearm is not bad. Um, I think that's about it for YouTube. If there was anything else I was trying to think of, um, not so much right now. I think we're going to go ahead and call it into the show. Uh, again, thanks you guys for sticking with me. Uh, if you're, if you're also a listener to firearms cafe, I'm going to try and do a show this week. Uh, when I get back from camping this weekend, I'm going to try and bust. Oh crap. I'm going to try and bust out another show. Uh, on how the tomahawk did like i said i'll have some videos hopefully i'll have a few more videos on on um, how that tomahawk worked and uh, and whatnot one of the other things that i'm going to take up there with me is i have the um, catadin or some people call it catadine water filter and it's actually the pocket version It's, it's called the pocket and it's got a ceramic filter that's impregnated with silver and it's got a little float thing and then you You pump it through and it forces the water through that filter and then basically filters out a lot of the bacteria and stuff like that that's in there. Um, It it filters down to, what is it, Uh, 2 microns, something like that, 0.02 microns. Viruses and things like that can be smaller, but a lot of times viruses are attached to things. They're not just free-floating in the water. So a lot of times that's why that, even though viruses, I don't think they're smaller than 1.5 or 0.15 0.15 or however it is 0.05 gee whiz man i can't i don't have the crap in front of me here so i'm i'm all off on my figures anyway um that's why a lot of times even though some of the bacterias and, and viruses and things like that that would you could say would get through those pores they're not going to get through because they're going to be attached to something else and uh it, it's not going to put them through and if i if you're really paranoid about that once you use a filter you could always boil your water but lots of people use them and uh, so I'm gonna. If the creek is high enough, I'm gonna go ahead and use that filter and try and get my water out there because I don't. Like I'd mentioned before, it's it's a you can drive to a certain point, but then you have to walk in. So I'm gonna have to hump in um, my food and and water, and of course water is about what ten gallons or ten gallons crap. Ten pounds for a gallon, and if I'm going up there for two three days, I would need to have about three gallons of water minimum I don't want to hump in 30 pounds of water Uh, so what I'll probably do is I'll have some in the truck and I'll uh, maybe have some gallon jugs and then that way if I find that the maybe the thing isn't working or if I get too chicken shit about doing the doing the filter I can hike back to the truck and just do a gallon you know a day or or bring in two or something like that anyway I'm sure that's real interesting for you guys. Uh, but I'll give you guys an update on how that filter did. I'll let you know whether I got sick or not. I don't anticipate getting it. Um, supposedly, way uh, not too long ago, they had the, the owners of the cabin up there in the land had the water tested, and it's fit for consumption. Uh, I know that can that can change, you know, at a moment's notice. Um, worst case scenario up there, I can just boil my water and then uh, put it in one of my uh, metal canteens. Take that down to the to the stream, put it in kind of halfway and let it cool that way. So, But I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll do some videos and stuff like that. Um, I know I'm kind of rambling on, but I feel I haven't got to talk to you guys for a long time. Um, so uh, again, use that voicemail, use their, the email, give me some feedback. Let me know if I'm uh, just rambling on too much. I know the show today is, is uh, a little bit longer. It's going to be about an hour probably when it's all said and done. Um, so... Hopefully, I haven't bored you guys too much. Talked years off too much. Um, remember our men and women, in the Armed Services. Remember our buddy uh, Ken over there, who's going through, uh, I guess, school now. Um, uh, you know, and he's he's making some sacrifices. He's having to be away from his wife. I I don't know whether he had they have children or not, um, but he's still having to be away from his family. Um, and we'll see, kind of. Um, I'm not sure, too, as far as where he's going to be stationed, things like that. Um, So, just kind of keep him in your thoughts and everything in his family. Uh, And also just the other men and women that are serving and helping out. Um, Okay, now for reals, my monkeys, I'm going to go ahead and sign off this time. Later.
1: This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about
2: it.